The opinions and views you're about to hear in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his department or any other organization that he is a member of. The host does not speak for anybody, only himself. This is the I Am Pitt Podcast. Get ready for contact. Evening of 17 October 2005, Sergeant First Class Cash's heroic action saved the lives of six of his fellow soldiers. At approximately 1920 hours, 1st Platoon of Alpha Company, 1st of the 15th Infantry, departed from FOB McKenzie to conduct a route clearance of the city of Dalia, Iraq, along Route Jamie. The lead Bradley fighting vehicle, of which Sergeant First Class Cash was a gunner, having just moved from a NMC vehicle, struck a victim detonated pressure switch IED at grid MC25357243. The blast ignited the fuel cell of the vehicle, causing fuel to spew everywhere. The vehicle came to a stop and immediately erupted in flames. Sergeant First Class Cash was initially slightly injured and drenched with fuel. Despite his condition, he bravely managed to get out of the gunner's hatch, crawl down the BFV, and assist the the driver out of the vehicle, driver's hatch. The driver had been burned, and Sergeant First Class Cash extinguished his flames. The following minutes were crucial. Six soldiers and a translator were in the back of the Bradley. Flames had engulfed the entire vehicle from the bottom and were coming out of every portal. The squad leader inside the vehicle managed to open the troop hatch door to help the soldiers escape. Without regard for his personal safety, Sergeant First Class Cash returned to the back of the vehicle, reaching into the hot flames and started pulling out his soldiers. The flames gripped his fuel-soaked uniform. Flames quickly spread all over his body. Despite the terrible pain, Sergeant First Class Cash placed the injured soldiers on the ground and returned to the burning vehicle to retrieve another burning soldier. All the while, he was still on fire. A crew from a trail Bradley arrived within moments and assisted with the Kazavak. During all this, and with severe burns, Sergeant First Class Cash bravely continued to take control of the chaos. Within minutes, the company's first sergeant was on the scene and began to evacuate the seriously injured soldiers, one of which was Sergeant First Class Cash. In the end, the national translator was killed in action, and ten soldiers were injured. Seven of the ten were very seriously injured. Sergeant First Class Cash stayed a hero through it all. His injuries were the worst as he suffered from second and third degree burns over 72% of his body. Sergeant First Class Cash's heroic actions saved the lives of six of his beloved soldiers. He is truly deserving of this award. His actions are in keeping with the finest traditions of the military heroism and reflect distinct credit upon himself, Task Force Liberty, and the United States Army. After saving those soldiers in his unit, Sergeant First Class Cash died at Brook Army Medical Center on November 8th of 2005 from the wounds he suffered on that day. I am proud to announce that Sergeant First Class Cash, his Silver Star, is officially being upgraded to a Medal of Honor. And it has been a long time coming. Sergeant First Class Cash will be the first Black Medal of Honor recipient since Vietnam. That's spectacular. And I know people thinking, hey, What does it matter that he's black? It really doesn't matter. Because as soldiers, we are not taught to see color. You think that Sergeant Cash saw 
what color his soldiers were that day. No, that was the last thing on his mind. The, the only thing on his mind at that time was saving the lives of his men, in which he did. So, you know, color doesn't matter. But it is the character that he displayed that day that truly matters. And it is his character that he displayed that day in the face of his own death that he did something exceptional and saved the lives of his soldiers and he laid his life down for them. So yes, he is a black man, but that is not what we are celebrating. We are celebrating the character of Sergeant First Class Cash and the amazing feat that he did that day, burning in flames, just burning to death and still cognizant enough to save the lives of his men. That is something that should be celebrated. So if you could, join me in a moment of silence and paying respect to Sergeant First Class Cash. You know, I was going to open up my last podcast, The War on Terror, 20 years later. I was going to open up with that, but I'll be honest, I got sidetracked and I absolutely forgot. But there was no way that I was going to let this man's sacrifice go unknown. So I figured I'd open up this show with it and tell you all, if you're not familiar with them, to Google Sergeant First Class Alan Cash and learn about this man. This is what America's about. This is what I love about our country, and this is what I love about the military. You know, we're in a time now where everything's black and white, and you're over here, I'm over there. The one thing I love about being a veteran and the one thing I love about being in the military, none of this stuff mattered once we crossed the berm into Iraq. None of that stuff mattered once we were in the midst of combat and in a war. Only thing that mattered was each of us getting home. And it's because of men like Sergeant First Class Cash that our country is great. And it's because of men like him that I am proud to have served in the United States military and the Army and be a grunt and to have served with all my brothers. Phenomenal. We need more men like that in this country. We just need more people like him in this country. It's like there's a shortage but they only pop up at the at the times we need them. But we need people like that front and center on a continuous basis. I know a lot of people like that in my personal life. And unfortunately, the other night, we, Hardin County, the state of Kentucky, and the law enforcement community, we lost another great officer, a sheriff's deputy, Kevin Johnson. Not only was he a Hardin County sheriff's deputy, he was a father, he was a friend, he was a brother. He was an all-around good man. I've known Deputy Kevin Johnson since seventh grade. And, you know, like most people, after high school, everybody kind of goes their own way. I've not talked to Kevin in years, but I had recently just reconnected with him on Facebook. And I had no clue that he was a in the law enforcement community as such. You know, he started off with the Radcliffe Police Department, and then he recently transferred over to the Hardin County Sheriff's Department. And he tragically lost his life in an off-duty ATV accident on August 1st. I was sitting at home in bed that night, and my phone rang, and it was my good friend Rudy from high school. We all went to school together, and he told me the news, and it crushed my soul. You know, I just was not expecting that. And apparently his daughter was with him on the ATV, and she's at the hospital recovering. And she's going to have a recovery ahead of her, but she's going to be okay. But I'd just like to take a moment to take a moment of silence for the fallen Deputy Kevin Johnson.
Kevin, we're going to miss you, brother. Thank you for your service to the community. Thank you for being a role model. Thank you for just being a good man for everything you've done, man. We're going to miss you, brother. You know, one thing I don't like to talk about on this show is I don't, I don't make mention of a lot of officers that die on the line of duty. I'm, a lot, I'm not going to lie. It's because I'm a punk. Not because I don't care. I think about it and I see it every day. But it just pains me seeing people that I know or people in my line of work constantly dying. And it's hard. It's hard on your psychological. It's hard on your mental. Because you know that that could be you any day. And on that same day, I learned that a Border Patrol agent from the sector I used to work in Arizona, he died in a vehicle accident on duty. And not only that, while I was at work that day, we got called to the hospital downtown. There was a call that came out about a child being found unresponsive in Louisville. And, well, they drive the kid to the hospital. And, well, unfortunately, the kid is deceased. Come to find out that it's the nephew of an officer that used to work on our department. Man, and just seeing him there, that hurt. But what hurt worse was... I don't know if you have ever heard the cry of a mother who just lost her child. If you've never heard it, I suggest you don't ever get the chance to hear it. It is a soul-piercing cry that cuts through everything. It shatters the world around you, hearing a mother cry over her lost child. And see, I've heard this cry so much in 12 years because I've seen so much death and destruction and even though i'm numb to a lot of death and destruction the cry of a mother losing her child it always sticks with me. and just listening in the hospital er listen to her shout to the heavens mad at god asking why'd you take my baby that hurts that is something that we as humans should never have to experience but unfortunately we are all only here for a certain amount of time. Some of us have longer, some of us have shorter times here. But eventually, we're all going to have that meeting with death. So that's why it's important right now to make the moments matter and make the moments count. You know, I've just, I've been surrounded by so much death this week. And it just, it has wrecked havoc on my mental and it's just wrecked havoc on me in general. I don't talk about death on this show a whole lot, especially when it comes to line of duty deaths. And like I said, it's not because I don't want to pay homage and honor these guys' sacrifices. But like I said, it's because I'm a punk and I just hate, hate having to talk about it, especially when it's recent and it's ongoing and current. And in this line of work, it is a constant reminder of my mortality. I hate being reminded that I'm going to die. But at the same time, I need to be reminded that eventually I'm going to die so that I can take the time that I have now and make the most of it with my family, with my friends and with my career so that I can help people. And so that when I'm gone, that, that I have left some sort of legacy, that there's something still here for me long after I'm gone that is going to continue to pass on from people and from generation to generation. You know, ever since I have got hurt in Iraq and I came back and I barely, you know, barely survived and then losing my mother. I don't tell a lot of people this, but I think about my own death a lot and constantly and I always wonder if today is the day. And I'm not saying that I do that out of fear of dying. 
But I just know that me personally, I feel like I am on borrowed time. We are all on borrowed time. But I feel like I have beat the Reaper at his game more than once. So I feel like the Reaper has a personal agenda and he's looking forward to the day when I take my last breath on this earth. Because I've gotten away from him more times than I can count. And I shouldn't be here. But because of the fact I feel like I shouldn't be here and I'm on borrowed time, that's why I choose to be the type of person I am. I try to be loving. I try to be caring. I try to be funny and make moments matter. You know, I try not to sweat the small stuff, man. I really try not to. But it's hard because in life, life is hard. And sometimes, no matter how positive you try to be, life is going to beat you down. People are going to die. You're going to lose money. I mean, you're going to lose stuff. But we have to keep things in perspective. And sometimes that is hard to do because life is so hard. But all you have to do sometimes is just look around and realize life ain't so bad. And that you don't want to lose time being sad, being depressed, thinking about what you don't have and what you can't do. That's not the life I want to live. And I've lived that life. And so with my perspective and everything I've been through, I feel like it's important for me to try to be positive and, you know, be the person that's upbeat and try to encourage people around me, especially where I work, especially in this day and age and this time, being a law enforcement officer in America where we have been under fire and are still constantly under fire. Because it is so it is easier to just lay down and just be unhappy and not look for reasons to come to work and put on your uniform it is so easy to just come to work and be upset every day but learning to be happy and content learning to appreciate where you are that takes time and that takes practice and it takes perspective and a lot of us do not yet have perspective because we haven't done anything else outside of law enforcement or we haven't left our agency and gone nowhere else me i have perspective and i thank god for that perspective And because of that perspective, I'm able to see things in a more positive light than most people. And so I try to be the positive person at roll call. I try to be the positive person on runs. I say, I'm not perfect. I have my moments where I'm just kind of down and like, man, why am I doing this job? You know, why do I do this? I don't want to keep dealing with death and, you know, because I'm a human. But overall, I'm happy. And because of that, I decided to do this episode to tell people, And my fellow officers, why I love my job. And I created a top 10 list of the things I love about being a police officer. I believe in the Bible verse where it says, asking you shall find, knocking the door will be answered. And you get out of life, you get out of your career, what you put into it. So if you look for and seek out destruction and negativity, you will find it every time. But if you look for positivity, opportunities for growth, and a chance to help love and serve people, you will find it. And I constantly find it on my job every day. So I wanted to give you all my top 10 list of the things I love about being a police officer. Not just that, but being a Louisville Metro police officer. All right, so the first thing I like is the money. I know what you're thinking. The money? Are you crazy? You all do not make enough money for what you do. And y'all are absolutely right. I do not. We could all definitely afford to be paid more, especially in this profession, especially after what we dealt with personally in 2020 and this most of this year as well. Yeah, we can always stand to make more money. However, 
coming from a guy who never expected to be much to be much after high school and after being an army grunt, I'll be honest, you know, money was never my intent in taking this job. I think it's just the bonus that I get paid decently and okay for what I do because I enjoy my job so much. But what people don't fail to realize about the money we make in policing is not necessarily how easy it is, but how available it is, especially now in my department. If you talk to anybody that works for the Little Metro Police Department, the first thing they're going to tell you about is the never-ending onslaught of emails asking for officers to work overtime. There is so much overtime right now. There's a ton of money to be made. And if you want to make it, you can go and make it. Now, remember, the government, Uncle Sam's going to get the cut. So you got to make sure you work in the right amount of overtime to get the right amount of money. But not only that, everybody knows about officers and the moonlighting jobs, or as we call it, off-duty work. I don't know where else you're going to go sit somewhere in your car at an empty construction site, watching a movie on your phone, scrolling on Facebook, making about 40, 45, 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks an hour, literally doing nothing. Nothing. That's, that is a benefit and a perk of the job. And now some people say, well, you shouldn't have to work off duty, you know, to afford your life as an officer. You shouldn't have to. Absolutely. I agree. But that's the reality we live in. And if I want to make some extra money, I can. There are so many little jobs out here, man. I used to work at a hotel downtown, the Gold House. I would just go sit there at night. And if something happened, they call me in and, hey, I go handle it. And I remember at that time, I was like, the average off duty rate was like maybe 35 an hour. I was just pulling in, you know, 160 bucks, 180 bucks a night just sitting there. Man, and it's easy. It really is, man. So there is definitely money to be made in this line of work. And I said, you can be as rich as you want to be. You can be as poor as you want to be. But if you got a good work ethic and you want to hustle, hey, you can get out here and get after it and you can make as much money as you want to make. That is the truth, man. But like I say, a lot of people don't like the fact that we can do that or have to do that. That's fine. And I say, yeah, it does come with a balance of, hey, am I going to work more off duty? I'm going to spend more time with my family. Now, there is an exchange for it. Yes. And I've in the past and now I found myself where I get burned out working off duty all the time. And all I want to do is be at home with my family. But at the same time, as the head of my house, I want to provide my wife and my kids with a good life. And that is why I choose to work so I can have provide my family with the things they need. Not only that, there's another opportunity. I'm a courtesy officer. Man, I pay $300 a month to live where I live. Where else are you going to find that at? Nowhere. Nowhere. They didn't even have that when I was in Arizona. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Like I say, we don't make the most money, but we have opportunities to make more money than most people. If I need something or if I want to go on a vacation with my family, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to pick up a couple side jobs, a little off-duty here and there, save some money. Next thing you know, we're going on vacation enjoying ourselves, not worrying about money because we have the opportunity in this job. And that is one thing I truly enjoy. I didn't realize how much I missed it once I left, even though I was with the Border Patrol making more money, you know, but it was just like, hey, man, I just need a, I need $100 real quick. Let me go sign up and work this job. Once I was gone, I was like, man, I did not like that at all. But now that I'm back here in this environment, I appreciate it more. Although I'm trying to work less and live life a little bit more, it is always nice to know that there are opportunities to earn extra cash wherever need be, just like this coming weekend. 
I'm working at a picnic, a Catholic picnic. Then after that, I'm going to go work at this uh, fish restaurant here in Louisville. And it's easy. And I appreciate it. And see, what a lot of people don't realize, cops, are we are spoiled, man. We are absolutely spoiled. I remember work one time I was working at off-duty at this factory, just doing security. I was making like 40 bucks an hour. And I remember looking at the employees inside, and I was talking to some of them on break. These people were slaving away in this hot factory. These people were making like maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dollars an hour, and they really working. And I was talking to them, man, how much you get paid to do this? I was like, oh, thirty-five an hour. Like what? They were shocked, shocked to do that. I was like, yeah, just stand here, be you know, provide security. And see, we lose sight of that because we take you know. We take it for we take it for granted because it's always here and it's always there. We don't think about everybody else. We don't think about the people that work at the places we're securing and how actually hard they have to work. And me, I'm just sitting here chilling. Now, there are times when you have to put in some real work doing these security jobs when something happens and you do have to keep your guard up. But like I said, perspective. Would you rather be in there on that factory line sweating your ass off? For a little bit of money. Or sitting here in a cop uniform in a car. Make sure everybody's good and okay for about 30, 35, 40 bucks an hour. Yeah, I know what I'm choosing each time. You couldn't pay me enough to go to work in a factory. <laughs> Alright. The next thing I enjoy about being a police officer. I tell everybody this is that we are literally like little mini local celebrities. Everybody knows the police. Everybody wants to know the police. You can be anywhere. I could be anywhere, no matter where I am. Somebody come up, hey, do you know Officer such and such? Oh, I know him. He's this and that. He's great and she's great. Constantly, constantly, everybody comes to you because everybody knows or everybody thinks that you know everything and everybody thinks that you know what's going on. Truth is, we really, I really don't know everything that's going on. Nobody does. But... You are literally a little mini local celebrity. Everybody wants to know you. Everybody wants to be around you. Everybody thinks the cop is cool. Even in this day and age, that, that still holds true. I'm constantly approached by people and, you know, talk. people just come talk to you. People want to be around you. People want to take pictures with you just because you're a cop and you're in uniform, man. And not only that, you know, it gives me a sense of purpose that people come to me and people want to be informed about certain things and want my opinion on certain things. Because I, and I honestly know that if I wasn't a cop in a uniform, nine times out of ten, most people would not give a daggone about what I thought about anything. And being a cop, man, it gives you, like I said, it gives you that sense of purpose. Like, hey, but not only that, you know, celebrities are constantly under watch and under scrutiny. And that's not necessarily a good thing. And that is literally the life of a police officer. I know that if I go out and do something stupid in my t time off, guess what? And I get in trouble and get caught. That's going to be in the news. It's going to be in the papers. It's going to be all over social media. And everybody's going to be talking about you. Everybody's going to be talking about what you did. And like I said, that is why we are little local celebrities. Everybody, everybody want to know about you and your life and what you did, the good, the bad. And as a cop, you are front and center all the time. You are never truly off. Everybody always up in your business. That is 100% truth. And I say some people don't like that. And me, personally, I don't, it don't bother me. I'm not going to say I truly enjoy it, but it really does not bother me. But it's kind of fun. It, it's really kind of fun. 
The next thing I like about being a cop, the unpredictable days. As I was saying about the people working in the factory, when they clock into work, they know what they're doing for the next 8, 10, 12 hours. They're going to be sitting on that line, just doing what they do, putting the like little thing into the, this little piece over here and keep doing it like just repetition. I like the fact that when I go into work, I have no idea what is going to happen. That excites me. That keeps me keeps me alive and the unexpected chaos and all of a sudden I'm sitting somewhere, minding my own business, relaxing, and then all of a sudden the tones hit. Next thing you know, there's a shooting. Next thing you know, I'm going code three with lights and sirens to the shooting to try to help somebody. I love the unpredictability of my job. If I knew everything that was gonna happen every day I went to work, I would become bored and extremely complacent. And I would just absolutely hate my life. I like the danger factor of my job. I always tell everybody, it's like, hey, I've been shot at. And there's no greater rush you'll ever ever have in your life if you've never been shot at. I'm not suggesting it, but the life I have lived, that has been something that has happened to me a couple times. <laughs> and, you know, I, I like the adrenaline rush that comes from it and that unpredictability. And I remember one of my buddies asked me, so you like the fact that you might get shot in the face and that makes you feel alive and gives you a thrill. I don't want to get shot in the face, but hey, you know, doing that I could keeps me on my toes, man. And the next thing I like about being a cop is the camaraderie. When I tell y'all I love police officers, I love my brothers and sisters in blue and the camaraderie. Like I say, I'm not best friends with everybody. But for the most part, I get along with everybody I work with and people that I don't know. Like, I could be anywhere in the country. And if I run across a law enforcement officer, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, what, what department you work for? I'm Chicago PD. Oh, man, I'm Louisville PD. And next thing you know, we it's like we're instantly friends because we know the job we do and the culture within the PD. And, and, I, and I absolutely love that, that police work is it transcends transcends color and culture and literally it is the same for us across the globe with police and i love that camaraderie the one thing i wanted when i got out of the army and that i missed i didn't necessarily miss the military i missed the guys i missed the I missed my boys man i missed the jokes i miss all the you know misbehaving and laughter and oh the, i missed the craziness with the guys and and, and i get that now when I go to work and sit at roll call and I get to sit and joke with the guys and the girls and just have a good time. I, the camaraderie. If you've never seen a police officer funeral, I highly suggest that you watch one. Like I, said, I hate that we have to have them, but in this line of work we had, we are in, I have been to more than my fair share of police funerals. And you will never see such a commitment and more love than officers laying to rest one of their fellow brothers or sisters. It is absolutely amazing and absolutely beautiful. And the camaraderie. Like I said, we're not perfect. We are a big dysfunctional family. But man, that is my dysfunctional family. And there is nothing in the world I love more than being around my fellow officers and just working with them and enjoying life with them. Like I said, we're not always perfect. We don't always get along. But man, y'all have no clue things we say and do to each other <laughs> it, it just makes you want to come to work because these the men and women that serve this country 
they are phenomenal people, man. They are extraordinary. And they're extraordinarily funny, crafty, <laughs> and it makes for an interesting environment. And I just like the fact that, for the most part, I can be who I am. I can almost say what I want. Like I say, you got to know your audience. And I think a lot of people miss that. You you really have to know your audience. Because just because everybody's a cop, you know, there are some of us that are more sensitive than others, especially when it pertains to certain subjects. But, man, for the most part, I can go to work and clown around and crack up with the guys and the girls and have a good time. So it's that camaraderie that I love. It's the camaraderie that I miss that brought me back to Louisville, too. Man, being gone away, I mean, I miss these guys and girls here so much when I was in Arizona with the Border Patrol. And I've never been happier to be back. And the people are still great. Even though we've gone through what we've gone through, a lot of people... They're still the same people. You know, it's just harder times because of all the crap we went through. But, man, it is just good to be around them every day. Another thing I like about being a cop, especially on a large department, is the vast opportunities, man. The one thing that this job gives you is that there is, it's like the old Army commercial back in the day. There's 212 ways to be a soldier. Man, there are so many different ways to be a police officer especially on a large department as the Louisville Metro Police Department. If you get tired of patrolling and you want to go do some do something else, you can. I mean, we have detectives for all different types of crimes. You just name it. All the stuff you see on TV, we have officers and detectives that do it. I remember when I got picked up by the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force, and I was a fugitive officer with the Marshals for about uh, 16 or 18 months. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal, but I got tired of doing it. And I decide I don't want to go back to patrol. And, and you can stay in patrol as long as you like. And if you don't like it and you get bored or get stale where you're patrolling, you can go patrol elsewhere in a different environment. And if you don't want to do that no more, then there are so many opportunities within this department that people are not aware of. If you like dogs and you start putting in the time and the work, you can go become a canine officer. There are so many different opportunities within this department. And a lot of officers lose sight of that because of all the garbage junk we go through and the politics that get involved in this job. And a lot of guys leave and go to these smaller departments and they have opportunities, but they are a lot harder to get simply because there's less people and more politics. And here in Louisville, I mean, with all the vacancies we have, man, you can literally take your career in your hand and go and do whatever it is that you want to do. But like I said, you can't be a piece of garbage patrol officer and expect to get anywhere. If you have a bad reputation, your reputation is going to precede you wherever you go. And you're not going to get out of patrol. So if you want to go somewhere on this department, start prepping yourself for wherever it is that you want to go. Me? I, I've already done what I wanted to do. I went to the Marshals Task Force. That was literally my highest goal. It's never been my desire to promote and be a sergeant or be chief. That was never my thing. I've always been the guy that's, hey, I just want to be on the team. And I just want to contribute. And I feel like I best contribute in patrol. And patrol is where I'm at. Patrol is my heart. That is what I love to do. I'm not saying that that's not going to change or that that's not going to get old. But it is nice to know and comforting to know that if I get tired of doing this, I can find opportunity elsewhere and go find a new home within this police department and find other ways to serve the community and find other ways to serve my fellow officers. So that is something I really love and i don't think people appreciate that enough because like i say people get stuck in these jobs and these civilian jobs in these factories and they're doing the same thing every day sitting at the cubicle sitting on the line at ford and it becomes so mundane here you have the option 
to be as great as you want to be or as mediocre as you want to be. And you can go and do whatever it is that you want to do. There's nothing holding you back. There's no barriers. The only person holding you back is you. Another thing that I like about this job is the delayed gratification. And I know you think that sounds strange, but I enjoy the delayed gratification. We all know that being a police officer is a thankless job. It is very rare. Well, I'm not going to say very rare. I feel like we get I get a lot more kudos and thank you for your services now than any other time I have in the past 12 years. However, we see people at their worst moments in the, in the at the height of their despair. And when I take people to jail, that's usually the end of it or you no, know, I go to court and I don't get to see the rest of the, how their lives turn out after their encounter with law enforcement. However, there have been a few times in my 12 years in this career where somebody has approached me and I don't even recognize this person. And they say, Officer Pitts, you remember me? And unfortunately, I just have to say no, because I've arrested so many people and over the years and they, and they tell me, I don't know if you remember, but you arrested me when I was younger or you arrested my son. And I just want to thank you because after his encounter with you, he changed it or they became better. This person got their life together. And see, I don't get that. I never get that initial gratific immediate gratification. This always delayed. And when I do get it, it makes me feel good. And it reminds me of why I do this job. And it makes me thankful that I'm able to impact people's lives in a positive manner. Despite at the time of them being at their lowest they're yelling and cursing at me and wanting to fight me. But I'm able to see the byproduct of that 5, 10, 12 years down the line. And that delayed gratification is just confirmation that what you do in this uniform matters and how you treat people more is more important than you realize. And that you have and you are making an impact on people's lives. Even though we don't see it immediately. The gratification does eventually come and your work is not thankless and you are out here producing fruit, good fruit for people's lives. Like I said, you don't see it in the moment, but you will eventually see it and it will eventually come to pass. You know, and the next thing I really enjoy about being a cop, it kind of goes along with the last one, but it's being the change people need to see in helping people. I look for opportunities every day to help people and to serve people. That's why I like being a cop. It's my job, but it is also my duty, I feel, as a man and as a Christian and just as a human to help people in their worst moments. And I feel like there is no better position to be in than as an officer where I don't, not only, I don't only seek out trouble. I seek out people in desperate situations to help. And I do my best when I encounter somebody that needs my help to get them the help that they need. But not only that, especially with everything going on in this country right now, I feel like I, as a police officer, I am leading the charge and trying to be the change that people want to see within their community. See, as police officers, we are the one true tangible part of the government that people interact with every day. And if people don't like what they're seeing, it is up for us to help change it and make a positive impact. And I say, we have to be the change that people want to see. And we have to be careful how we carry ourselves and conduct ourselves in our work every day. And I like the fact that 
I am able to kind of help set the tone and set the pace for what people think of when they see the police and how they believe the police should be. Now, I don't necessarily agree with everything with everyone of how they think police should be or how they see us. But I do agree that it is my job to lead the change to be the officer that not only protects and serves, but it is also my job to be a role model for the average American citizen and for children and for people that are not in the best of situations. It is my job to give them hope. It is my job to help give them some sort of direction and some sort of encouragement. See, this job is not all about just locking people up and throwing them in jail and throwing away the key. That's a small percentage of this job. The front end of this job is to make people feel safe and give people hope that there are people out here that are still willing to help them in their most desperate situations and stare down the evil in this world that might cause them or their family harm. See, when you see a police officer, you should not instantly fear. You should feel safe. And we have to change that. And like I said, that is a lot of stuff that goes into culture. And, you know, the police have not always been perfect. But I'm doing my best on my end to lead the charge to bring a positive perception of policing back. It's always been there. But, of course, that's been hijacked by the media and, you know, social media and the news and crap. But I'm here to lead the charge to change that perception and give it a, give us another Bring back that positive perception that it's always been and what the job is supposed to be. All right. Another thing I like about not just being a cop, but a Louisville Metro police officer. Sick time and vacation. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. If you've ever had a job where you work for two weeks, not just work, you work your ass off. And then you get your check and you see how much sick time you're getting or how much vacation time you're getting. It will shock you. I remember my wife, she was working at this place as a social worker. She would only get like maybe two, three, four hours of vacation per pay period. So you work 40 hours and they only give you four hours of vacation. There was no way. I could not fathom that in my mind. When I left here and I went to the Border Patrol, and then when I went to the smaller PD in Arizona, the first thing I noticed was like, yo, what? What is this? How am I supposed to get enough vacation time to ever go anywhere and do anything? Because the the amount of leave you accrue was so little. But that is one thing we have here on this department that people do not realize that is a gold mine. And we have officers that have over three, four hundred hours of vacation time. Now, granted, we're not able to use our vacation time as much because we are critically understaffed. We are very low on manpower and it does make it hard for us to take our leave. However, it is just comforting to know that, hey. I want to take two hours or two weeks of vacation with my family and you can put it in and get it and you can just go away. And then when you come back, you can realize, oh, look, I still have two, three hundred hours of vacation time. Man, you people do not realize how important and great that is. Not only that, we have unlimited sick time here. Now, the downside is we got officers that are pieces of crap and we'll take advantage of it. And that makes all of us look bad. Man, I've had times on this department where I've had injuries and I've undergone surgeries and I do not have to use any of my personal time or my vacation time. I can go without worry and take care of myself and heal up and not have to worry about my paycheck because I'm still getting paid. So, yes, that is something that is a plus. A lot of people don't realize that when they leave here, 
and they go elsewhere and they get these other jobs, yeah, you could probably find some places that have more sick time or more, you know, vacation time. But let me tell you, that is a very, very rare thing. I don't know anywhere else where we, anywhere else that has unlimited sick time. I really don't. That is a benefit of its own. But like I said, that is a benefit that people take advantage of. And <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that because we, we all know them. They are here. They exist. It is a bonus to work here and have that. That is something that needs to be said. And a lot of people don't realize how beneficial that is to officers and families. And another thing I love about being a police officer is the freedom I have. I have never really had a job where I had to come in and punch a clock and do my job. And, oh, look, up at you know, 12 o'clock, time for lunch. Let me clock out on my lunch. All right, 15 minutes is up, 30 minutes is up. Let me clock back in, go to work. You know, man, the, I, I could not imagine having to live my life like that every day. Like me personally, I'm always about 30 minutes early to work to roll call. I'm always there early. However, we have people that don't always make it to roll call exactly at that moment in time. Roll calls at 8 o'clock. You have some people that have issues with kids and all these other issues going on. And guess what? It's not a problem. All you got to do, you call your sergeant. Hey, Sarge, my kid's sick or this is happening. I'm coming. I'm on my way. I'm a few minutes late. And it's no biggie. It's no issue. I couldn't imagine having to work at a factory where, hey, sorry, hey, hey, supervisor, I'm running late. Hey, you better get here. You better be clocked in. If not, we're going to fire you. That is not a thing here. And I absolutely love that. Now, it can become problemsome if people are in a constant pattern of that. But that's not often. That's very rare. But it's just nice to know that I have that freedom and that flexibility. Not only that, man, I don't have a supervisor constantly breathing down my neck. The one thing I love about being a cop is, just like the other day, I was working downtown, it was nice weather, a little overcast, and there are people downtown, out of town, all these visitors. I'm just driving around in my police car, cruising the streets, looking at people smiling. And my job is to just be there. You can go seek out crime if necessary. you know. But I was just free roaming around, going where I wanted to go, stopping where I wanted to stop, talk to who I wanted to talk to, interacting with whoever I wanted to. I absolutely love and enjoy that so much. I could not I could not imagine being forced to sit at a cubicle for hours, for eight, nine, ten hours, or standing on a line at a factory, unable to move, unable to talk to somebody I see that I want to talk to and interact with them. People do not realize that. And a lot of officers complain about this job but that's because a lot of officers have not had a job that's not police work. If you've ever had a bad job before and you become a police officer, you will instantly learn to appreciate this job. Man, it is the freedom that we have as officers, our discretion. We get to interact with people and make choices about people's lives and how we're going to affect them. The freedom to be able to do that is phenomenal. And I love it. And I take it serious. I don't take it for granted at all. You know, I said, I remember working in that factory off duty, just looking at these people, just like bumps on a log, just sitting along this assembly line. They can't leave. They can't move me. I can go wherever I want and nobody's really watching me. But that's where you got to have integrity that comes in with this job because you have so much freedom. Nobody's watching you, but you have to make sure that you are doing the right thing. I say, yes, the freedom of this job is great, but the responsibility 
of this job is very heavy. And some people cannot, some people cannot take that type of pressure. And some people will take advantage of that. Me, I'm not one of them because I love the freedom that I have in my job. I absolutely love it. I can cruise around, man, and just do whatever I want to do. Not necessarily saying that in a bad way. Just kind of go where I want to go. I don't have to worry about a lunch break. Hey, man, if I want to go grab me a snack real quick, I go grab me a snack. If I want to sit and chat with my friends, I can sit and chat with my friends. The one thing I love about this job is you can, as I said previously, you can be as great as you want to be, as mediocre as you want to be, or as bad as you want to be. And if you want to be bad, guess what? I don't want you around. If you want to be a horrible cop, a lazy cop, and that, granted, sometimes I have days where I'm a little lazy. I've been doing this 12 years. I'm tired. I have wife and kids. I'm not, I'm not in the best shape of my life anymore, man. But like I said, that just the freedom to work as hard as I want to work or work as less as I want to work. That is a bonus and a benefit that a lot of people do not realize. And a lot of officers don't realize that as well. All right. And the last thing on my list of what I love about being a police officer is the perspective that I get from my job and the fact that my job often humbles me. For instance, right now, the biggest issue in my life right now that I'm not happy about is the fact that I'm probably getting ready to go back to night shift. That is the biggest issue in my life. I don't want to go back to night shift. But when I'm driving around downtown Louisville and I'm responding to calls for service, I am seeing people in the midst of crisis at the worst time of their lives. I'm seeing people homeless, out of their minds, absolutely mentally gone, sleeping under overpasses, digging in trash. I am going to people's houses where the spouses are arguing and fighting in front of their kids. I am seeing people get into car accidents and they don't have insurance because they can't afford it. I see people every day that are just absolutely at the bottom. I see people that want to end their lives because they feel like they're at a place where they'll never get out of. I see all of this and it makes me grateful for the life that I have. It makes me grateful for what little problems I have. The fact that the only thing I have to complain about where I work right now is the fact that I don't want to go back to night shift. That is a good problem to have because I come to the realization that I don't really have problems. I don't. I think I do, but I don't. That's because I live a comfortable life. I live a good life. God has blessed me. And I get to see other people's lives and it just shocks and amazes me. I say, I've been there and it's not a good feeling, but I look at where I'm at now. And if that is the worst of my problems, I really don't have a problem at all. I always tell people we don't have problems in America. We have first world problems that aren't really problems. You know, I work with the homeless downtown. and Every freaking homeless person I see has a cell phone. Every homeless person I see, their belly is always full. And even then, you know, yeah, they got problems, but how bad are their problems really? See, I'm always constantly, not necessarily comparing myself to others, but looking at others in their situations and being thankful for my life. It makes me thankful for what I do. My job humbles me constantly, constantly just puts me in a position where it's like, you know what, Dex, life really ain't that bad, man. Because I see people at their worst every day. And like I said, I've been to the bottom of the barrel before. And I'm just so thankful that God has blessed me to do this job 
where this job gives me perspective of what my life could be. And I am absolutely thankful for my wife, my kids, not just that, the relationship that my wife and I have. I'm not going to say we are, we are perfect, but we don't get into arguments every day and start throwing pots and pans at each other, fighting and assaulting each other in front of our children. My kids don't know that life. But I see kids every day that that's their reality. I see kids every day that it's just mom and mom is struggling to put food on the table. And yet here I am. If my kids are hungry and I don't have money or something, I can easily go and work a job for four hours and make $160 and put food on the table for my kids without effort. And you see, we lose sight of that in this job because I tell people all the time, we as officers are spoiled. We do. We all have problems. But in the grand scheme of things, how bad are our problems really? When you look at the environments that we work in and the environments that we police and the people that have been living in these environments for not just years, but generations. You know, I see people that live in squalor. Man, I, I remember I went to a guy's tent the other day, a homeless guy, and it was just absolutely filthy. You know, and it was hot and muggy and sticky and it smelled awful. And he's just in there, him and his wife, they're just living it up. And you, I, I just could not imagine having to stay there every day in that type of environment. You know, and yet here I am coming home to an apartment I pay $300 a month for with air conditioning, food filled up in the refrigerator, healthy kids and a wife. That is absolutely phenomenal that gets up in the morning with me about four or five in the morning and makes my lunch for me. What do I have to complain about? Honest to God, nothing. Because it could always be worse. There is somebody that always has it worse. And the fact that I get to work in this environment every day, it keeps me humbled. We had an incident yesterday at work where we thought there was a guy that was about to jump off the bridge and kill himself. So I go stop and I talk to the guy. He's a Hispanic guy. doesn't speak much English and I can tell he's crying. And of course, you know, he didn't exhibit any behavior that would make me think he was actually about to kill himself. So there's nothing we could do in that moment. So I offered him a ride to somewhere, you know, offered him some help for the hospital. He didn't want anything. He said he was fine. I said, hey, man, I'll take you wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? He said, take me to Preston Highway. No. So I put this guy in my car and. What little Spanish I know from the Border Patrol I was trying to use. And he slowly starts opening up with what little English he knew talking. And the one thing that stuck with me is he told me, man, you police, you have a good life. You got it made. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I told him I have problems, man. My life ain't perfect. But in the grand scheme of things, man, my life is great. And the fact that he saw that and that that hit that that's his perception of me, even though he doesn't know me. That's not far from the truth. It's not. You know, I was able to take this guy and I'm not doing this to brag, but just. I took him to a store. He was thirsty and I bought him a drink. And the fact that I was able to do that without really worrying about the money. It's a blessing. Because I see people every day that struggle to eat people that struggle to find water. And here I am, easily I can just reach into my wallet and go and get literally whatever I want without question, without detriment to my family, without harming people. It is an absolute blessing. 
is an absolute blessing to be a police officer. It is an absolute blessing to be an officer with the Louisville Metro Police Department. I say a lot of people don't like being here and a lot of people are leaving. And like I can say, I completely understand. And I will tell people, if you're not happy here and you want to leave, go. Go experience life elsewhere. Go experience life on another department. Because a lot of people are unhappy here because they don't have perspective that I have. And I have that perspective and I want to share that perspective. But the one thing I'm glad is glad of is I get the perspective from those that I serve that are less than fortunate than me. It is the people that I serve that keep me humble. It is the people that I serve that make me thankful to God every day I wake up and put on my uniform that I get to serve them because they are absolutely they're actually serving me and they're teaching me lessons every day and they're keeping me humble. And I'm not saying that from a position of I'm better than anybody. I'm not. I'm saying that from a position of gratitude and thankfulness. Without these people that I serve that are in these situations, I would absolutely take everything in my life for granted. And I don't ever want to get to that point. Because I know how fragile life is. I know how short life is. And because of that, I want to make the most of the time that I have left. And I want to make the most of the time that I have left to help people in the worst situations in their lives. I want to make the most of the time I have left to instill good core values in my kids. And I want my kids to carry on my message forward. And I want my family name to continue to live on. I want that gratitude to go on forever. I don't want that to end when I die. I want that to carry on. I want that to just keep going. I do. The legacy of service is what I want my fellow officers to think about. Like I say, yes, there's more money to be made out there. There's more benefits to be gained elsewhere. You can always go and find something else. The grass always looks greener. And sometimes when you hop over the fence, you might find it's greener. But sometimes the grass is going to be the greenest where you actually water it and take care of it. And you treat the soil of where you're at. So me... I'm going to continue to treat the soil of the grass that I'm on right now with LMPD. And like I said, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's going to happen with anybody, anything going on with contracts and the mayor. But like I said, I'm staying put and I'm standing firm. And I'm going to continue to serve the people of Louisville. And I want these people to continue to encourage me and keep me humble, man. And to all my fellow officers, stay humble. Stay encouraged. This job is absolutely worth it. And the people that we serve are absolutely worth it. Even the ones we feel that are undeserving, the ones that yell at us, curse at us, and want to fight us, everyone is deserving of their rights as an American citizen, their rights as a human. And not only that, everyone's deserving of forgiveness and a second chance. Sometimes we all need to be humbled and we all need to be reminded that life ain't so bad. This has been the Iron Pits Podcast. You can now listen to the Iron Pits Podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. If you all could, please leave me a review and leave me a rating on Apple iTunes or whatever platform you choose. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in and taking time out of your day to listen to me. It does not go unnoticed and it is truly appreciated. And I appreciate each and every view 
that I get and download. So I can't thank you all enough. So continue to spread the word about the podcast. Hopefully I will have a book to go in line with this podcast soon. Looking forward to the future. And remember, life ain't that bad. Things could always be worse. And remember to make the most of the time that we have left on this earth. Because we never know when our last day is going to be. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you on the next one.